Uh, good evening. I think we're all ready. Let me just adjust that slightly. There we go. Okay. Uh, welcome to Live at Five on Sunday, the 4th of July. My name is Richard. I'm one of the leaders at Kingfisher Church. And we're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 31 together this evening. Um, so let me ask you, as we as we start this, uh, what sort of things do you admire in others? What do you admire in other people? And maybe it's maybe it's their looks. Maybe it's some of their abilities, you know, the, the, the way that they do certain things. And maybe the, the way they bake, maybe the way that they uh, can, can make things with their hands or their artistic ability. And maybe you admire the way that somebody organises their home or, or, or the way that they speak or the way that they spend their time or the way they spend their money. What do you admire in other people? Well, this evening we have come to the very last part of our series in the book of Proverbs. And we began this journey back on the 1st of September 2019. And today we have reached the end. Um, it's been a great joy, a great privilege for me to, um, to, to work through this book. Um, and I'm really grateful to you for bearing with me, those who have. Um, but here we come to the end. Let me pray for us and then I'll read for us our final passage in this book of the Bible. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Our God in heaven, we praise you for the truth of that. We praise you that every word of yours is flawless. We have your word written for us here in the Bible. So please, would you use your word uh, to help us take refuge in you? Help us to hear what you're speaking. And as you uh, as you speak to us in these words, please, would you do what is good in our lives according to how you see things? Well, please help us to pay attention, help us to learn, help us to grow, challenge us, provoke us, work your way in us, we pray as we look at your word together. Amen. Let's read, shall we, Proverbs chapter 31. The sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. Listen, my son, listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigour on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, Lemuel. It's not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She's like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. 
In her hand she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, and supplies the merchants with sashes. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honour her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. This is how the book of Proverbs ends. Verse one, it is the sayings of King Lemuel and inspired utterance his mother taught him. That, that's the heading. It seems to um, cover the whole of this chapter. This is the teaching of Lemuel's mother. Uh, and with that, it is the, the only ancient Near Eastern wisdom text attributed to a woman. It's quite unique. Um, and we don't know, we don't really know anything about who Lemuel was. Um, and we have this, I think, somewhat famous ending, this um, poem, this section about the wife of noble character. And, and I think this closing section is really quite difficult. And this poem about the wife of noble character, it's an acrostic. Uh, each line uh, begins in turn with a letter from the Hebrew alphabet. Um, and it's a poem that has been, it's been understood in so many different ways. Now, what are we to, to, to make of this poem that celebrates this wife of noble character? Is it a guiding a young man when he is looking for a wife? Maybe. Is it teaching a young woman of what she should be aiming for in life? Maybe. Maybe, although if that was the case, it's, it's setting a pretty high standard. It'd be quite hard not to be kind of quite quickly overwhelmed with a sense of inadequacy as this example is held up. Now, now saying that, there is a commentator who disagrees with that. He reckons it would be an insult to women to say that this is not a realistic way of living. I don't know, maybe there's something in that. Or, or, or maybe this teaching is just picturing something that goes beyond or deeper than, than, those, than those kind of things. Maybe, maybe it's doing that. Uh, but like all of Proverbs, this is a chapter given for us to think on. We've got to let it stew and let it brew and... And we need to reflect on what it teaches in the light of what we've seen in Proverbs so far and on what else we see in that great movement of, of the Bible story through the Bible. So let, let's get stuck into this. We're going to have three headings this evening. Uh, we're going to have Mum's Rebuke, verses 1 to 9, The Woman, verses 10 to 31, and then we're going to try and join some dots. That's our plan. So first of all, Mum's Rebuke, verses 1 to 9. What does Lemuel's mum have to say? Verse two, listen, my son, listen, son of my womb, listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. And she, she moves kind of gradually back in, in time. My son, the son of my womb, back to his point. 
of conception. Uh, the answer to my prayers back to even before conception to her prayerful desires before that point. And, uh, and then as she moves back, she says to him, listen. Or literally what she says is, what, my son? What, son of my womb? What, my son, the answer to my prayers? What? But you see, she loves him dearly and she is disappointed. She's saying, what are you playing at, boy? It's an urgency as she confronts her wayward son. Uh, Lemuel, his, his name means devoted to God. Uh, and she has devoted her son to God and he is a king. And what's the purpose of being a king? Well, she outlines it very well, I think, in verses eight and nine. This is what a king should do. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. That's a really great definition of kingship, isn't it? The purpose of dominion. Use your power to help others. And Lemuel seems to have stumbled on this. And, and his problem, Lemuel's problem, seems to be women and wine. Verse three, do not spend your strength on women, your vigour on those who ruin kings. Now, how many kings is it who have ruined their mandate to care for others because they couldn't control themselves in this area? We go back to King David, King Solomon. Oh, when the Lord set out instructions for kings in the book of Deuteronomy, he warned specifically about the danger of wayward women. And Lemuel had a woman problem. He also had a drink problem. His mum says to him in verse four, it is not for kings, Lemuel, to drink wine. Why? Because they won't be able to do their job. Because their judgment will get muddled and they will forget to care for the oppressed. And wine and beer, she says, they're for the hopeless and the helpless, verses six and seven. They're for the perishing, the, those in anguish, the poor, the miserable. I think she's being sarcastic at this point because these are the people the king is appointed to help. But Lemuel can't help them because of his own drunkenness. See, this Lemuel, he, is, he seems to have put kind of serving his lusts above serving the people. He's blunting his senses with a destructive pursuit of self-pleasure above caring for the misery of his people. So his mum says, what are you doing, boy? You're a king. Start acting like it. Well, how do we connect with that? Well, well, let's think about it. We've got this little passage that tells us about this, about somebody who is devoted to God. That's his name. And he's given dominion. He's a king. And it's in order to love others. Devoted to God, given dominion in order to love others. And he's making a mess of it. Now, now wind that little image all the way back to Genesis chapter one and two. There in, in the beginning in creation, we see that God made mankind in his image, devoted to God. And he gave us dominion. Humanity are to be mini kings on earth and our, our dominion is to be exercised for the care of creation. In mankind is created in the image of God to use our power to love others. All of us have dominions. Each of us, every single one of us has been placed by God in our situation of life with influence. And now the Lord has given uh, 
kind of more to some and less to others, but he's given some to all. And so in our homes, we have influence in our workplaces, in our communities, in the roles that we take on. As consumers, we exercise dominion with our spending in our friendships and in our families, with our words and our actions. We affect those around us. See, all of us, we are devoted to God. We are created in his image and we're given dominion to care for others. And then Genesis 3 happened. And mankind kind of turned the tables and grasped for dominion in order to love others. And in order to love themselves, sorry. Grasp for dominion in order to love themselves, following the lusts of their own hearts. And the, the whole order of things got distorted. And that love that was supposed to go out, sin twisted it and pulled it back upon itself. But aren't we all kind of little lemuels? We have responsibility. We've been given responsibility under the providence of God in order to serve others. And yet because of our sin, we make a mess of it. So Lemuel mum, Lemuel's mum, she tells him off. What are you playing at, boy? And then she she writes a poem about the perfect woman. So we come to our second thing, the woman, verses 10 to 31. And what do we see here? How does this poem relate to Lemuel's struggle with kingship? I think that's the really key question in our chapter. How do the two bits connect to each other? How does this poem relate to Lemuel's struggle with kingship? Uh, is this is this mum saying, look, son, uh, what you need is a good woman in your life to sort you out? Maybe. Uh, and yeah, I wonder if there might be something a bit more. Let's see. Verse 10. A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. And this poem is it's just an all out celebration of this wife of noble character. Or maybe we could even translate that as this warrior woman. She is exceptional, hard to find. She isn't just priceless, but she is immeasurably precious. Why? Why is it? Well, we'll look at verse 20. Verse 20 says she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. What has Lemuel's mum just told him? Back in verse nine, what he needs to be doing is defending the rights of the poor and the needy. And this woman in the poem is doing what Lemuel ought to be doing. This woman, she is exercising her dominion for the benefit of others. Let's look at this. She, we, we see in this poem that this woman, she is joyfully hardworking. She's industrious, isn't she? Verse 13, she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands or literally with joyful hands. It's a pleasure. She finds a great pleasure in her work and her trade, getting up early, going to bed late. She, she makes business deals. She, she buys a field. She's planting a vineyard. That's hard work to plant a vineyard. You've got to clear the ground of, of stone and, and build a wall and dig a pit and build a watchtower. Hard work. That's what she sets herself to joyfully and she trades her products. In verse 17, she sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for the task. Verse 27, she watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. This woman is joyfully hardworking and she is joyfully hardworking for the good of others. 
all her efforts in this poem are aimed at benefiting others. She does good to her husband. Verse 12, she brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Her hard work helps her husband when he's about his business. Verse 23, her husband is respected at the gates, the city gates. So she does good to her husband. And she does good to her, her household. Now her household is really, a, it's a business enterprise. It's a, it's a big estate. That's what we're to imagine here. Many servants, many children. Verse 15 says, her early rising is so she can provide food for her family and portions for her female servants. Now she provides protection for her household. See that in verse 21. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. You see, see what this woman does is she anticipates the troubles that her household might face. She anticipates them, she thinks about them, and then in advance she ensures they have what they need. She has her mind set on, on what are the needs of those under her care, and then she applies her hard work in order to provide for them. And, and this... I guess that consideration and this preparation in advance for the needs of others, it's so thorough that verse 25 says she can laugh at the days to come. She doesn't worry about what the days to come will hold because she's worked so hard to provide for those under her care. So she does good to her husband, good to her household, and she does good to the wider community. Verse 20, as we saw, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy this woman she is full of activity and energy spending herself for the good of others and she, she loves it she finds joy in that uh, where does it come from if this woman she is joyfully hard working for the good of others and rooted in the fear of the lord rooted in the fear of the lord look at verse 26 it says there that she speaks with wisdom faithful instruction is on her tongue hold on to that she speaks with wisdom the, the first kind of nine chapters of proverbs uh, we see these parents imploring their son to get wisdom proverbs 4 says get wisdom get it into your heart lock wisdom down into your heart it says above all else guard your heart for everything you do flows from it Jesus says, what comes out of our mouths flows from our hearts. So this woman in Proverbs 31, she speaks wisdom. That's what comes out of her mouth. What comes out of her mouth is wisdom. Why? Because she's packed it into her heart. She, she has got it. That's the thing. She, she pursued wisdom. She's learned all the lessons of Proverbs and she puts them into action. Verse 26 tells us that wisdom is faithful instruction. Literally, that is the instruction of steadfast love. This woman, she pours out words of love. The, the effect of this wisdom in her life is it produces this fruit of loving kindness. So, so her husband testifies of her in verse 30. A woman that fears the Lord is to be praised. She fears the Lord. This woman has learned the way of wisdom, a life built on the fear of the Lord. Now, let's, let's not skip over what that means. What have we seen about, about the fear of the Lord? This woman, she has bowed her soul to the creator. She sought life from the Lord, from God on his terms and not on her own terms. She has come trusting the Lord with all her heart and not leaning on her own understanding. 
in all of her ways, she's committed them to the Lord. She lives the life of faith. And it's that foundation, it's on that foundation that wisdom has blossomed in her and through her. And this woman, she, she really is what Proverbs has been aiming at. But how then does this help Lemuel? Uh, how does it help us as little Lemuels? And with our little places of dominion and our struggle to use the responsibility God has given for the good of others. How does it help us? Now, wouldn't all of us, no, we see this, wouldn't all of us want to be joyfully hardworking for the good of others based on the fear of the Lord? Wouldn't we want that? Wouldn't we want that to be what our lives are like? Happy to help others? Because of the fear of the Lord growing out of us, that life of faith put into practice. Well, let's come to our third thing. Let's come to joining some of the dots here. What is the purpose of the book of Proverbs? If you wind all the way back to the 1st of September 2019, we looked at the prologue to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1 verses 1 to 7. It tells us the aim of the book. It says there, this book is here for gaining wisdom. That's what Proverbs is there. We have this whole book of the Bible so that we might gain wisdom. And it describes wisdom like this. It is the doing of what is right and just and fair. That, that's the wise life. The, the, the wise life, the beautiful life is lived in care for others, treating others in the best way, doing what is right and just and fair, just like this woman in Proverbs 31. And, and then the prologue tells us that the purpose of Proverbs is to bring a transformation. It's about giving prudence to those who are simple. See, Pro Proverbs aims to bring a, a change in our lives. And, and, and as it works that change, Proverbs is a gospel book. Pro Proverbs is not a book of good advice about how to improve your life. It's a book of good news. It's a book about changing us from blundering from failure to failure into lives that are adorned with the wisdom of Christ himself. We've seen as we work through Proverbs that the wise life is Christ. This purpose of transformation in the book of Proverbs is a purpose of changing us into the likeness of Christ. <clears throat> so the Proverbs are given for us to receive and to take by faith. We are to trust the Lord with all our hearts by standing on what his word says. And that's the kind of transformation that Lemuel needs. That's the kind of transformation that we need. And how do we see that transformation here? Well, well let's look back at those first nine verses of chapter 31. And when Lemuel throws himself into a barrel of wine, his mum tells him he is acting like those without hope. He's acting like the perishing, like those in anguish, those who have nothing but their misery and all they can do is drown their sorrows. That's what he's being like. And, and in a way, it's an accurate depiction. Because when Lemuel fails in his kingly calling, he plunges into a drunken mess. And in that position, when he's there, he needs a king to rescue him. You see, when humanity at the fall failed in our kingly calling, we plunged ourselves into a world of misery. We got drunk on sin and we stumbled through the centuries, wreaking havoc on one another. And in our sin, we are the perishing. In our sin, we are without hope and without God in the world. In our sin, we are those who are in anguish, who have nothing but our misery. 
But then into our humanity came the human, the king who did not fail like Adam, a second Adam, a faithful Adam. And this king came as he entered into our world of misery, humbling himself even to death, even to death on a cross. So that offering himself in our place, he might speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. He made a case for justice to open the gates of paradise, taking us in, clothing us with his robes of royal perfection. Christ Jesus, King Jesus, provides perfection for our misery. And so Proverbs chapter 3 says, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honour. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. Now, why is it that nothing can be compared with woman wisdom? Well, it's because time and time again, we've seen that she is the form outlining what Christ will fulfill. Oh, Christ, it's of Christ we say nothing you desire compares to him. Now, all of our emptiness he fills. Now, our death he raises up to life, our punishment he takes, our cause he pleads, our sin he covers, our misery he wipes away. We say, whatever were gains to me, now I consider lost for the sake of Christ. Christ is better. Christ's hands are full of life. He bestows eternal blessings on those who come to him. Christ is the tree of life. To know him is to have eternal life. And this book of Proverbs is written so that we might get wisdom. And for us in the fullness of time, that means that we might get Christ. And with Christ, we might grow to trust the Lord in every detail of our lives. The little Lemuels need a King Jesus to provide perfectly for our misery. That, that's the engine of transformation that Lemuel needs. He needs wisdom to infuse his bloodstream. He needs to stand on the fear of the Lord. And so the, the really practical outworking of this at the end of our passage, you see, we come to the, the, the second thing as we join the dots. You see how the whole book of Proverbs ends on a note of praise. Verse 28. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honour her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gates. It's a note of praise. That's how Proverbs finishes. And what do you make of it? Does it feel a bit out of place? That, that, that this woman gets the praise. That the last thing we are told in the whole of this book is honour her. Let the things that she's done bring praise to her. Well, isn't this praise right? But isn't this praise right? Because what this woman does is beautiful. And this woman is love in action. 
giving herself for the benefit of others. Remarkably, she delights in all this hard work she's doing for others. She's not grumbling. She's not complaining. She's laughing. And, and I, don't, I don't think this praise is so much for her benefit. I think it's for the benefit of her children and her, hus her husband and the whole community. Now, imagine the, the alternative to praising her. Now, imagine these kind of deeds of kindness being seen and dismissed. And what would that say about a heart that sees this beautiful life of love and shrugs? Be a fairly deformed heart that isn't moved to admire this love in action. But, but we can, can take that a bit further, I think. See, this praise is right because what this woman does is beautiful. Yet isn't it beautiful because this is the beauty of Christ? Now, this woman hasn't created her own moral excellence she lives in the fear of the lord she doesn't trust herself but she's sought wisdom and because she sought it she's been given it it's a gift of grace that has conformed her into the likeness of christ now, the beauty of christ is that he lived in the fear of the lord and, and the beauty of christ is that for the joy that was set before him he endured the shame of the cross that was christ's hard work for the good of others and so like this woman no actually this this woman like christ joyfully worked so hard for the good of others that's what makes her work so beautiful it's the beauty of christ in her and so when her children and her husband and her community admire her when they call her blessed when they praise her when they celebrate what she does they are praising and celebrating christ and so when lemuel with his messed up kingship when he's told about this warrior woman and her deeds of love what he is told to do he's not told to go and marry her maybe you should but what he's told to do is to admire her you see the only thing he's told to do is honour her. Let her works bring her praise. And, and as he does that, then he will begin to be changed. And since he's back in Proverbs 4, uh, the, the parent says to the son, get wisdom. That above everything else is the most important thing in all the world. You've got to get wisdom. But how do you get wisdom? Well, Proverbs 4 says you get it by cherishing her. As cherish her, she will exalt you. Embrace her. She will honour you. You see, that's how you get wisdom. As wisdom is admired and enjoyed, the transformation occurs. When wisdom is cherished, then a one who admires is lifted up. It's the whole mechanism of transformation that we see in the book of Second Corinthians, where Second Corinthians says, "We all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory." As we contemplate the glory of our Lord, the goodness, the beauty, the wonder, the magnificence, the loveliness of the Lord. We are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. You see that the, the principle is that we we become what we worship. And when we contemplate the Lord's glory. Including, I think, the christ likeness that we see in the sacrificial love of others when we see that that 
the character of Christ replicated in his members on earth, in his people on earth. And so when we see that and we we praise those deeds of love in the ordinary moments of life, as we see them, we are contemplating Christ. That's the mechanism for our transformation into his image. So as I asked at the beginning, let me ask you again, what sort of things do you admire in others? Uh, we can admire all kinds of things, but but let's consider our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus and contemplate their deeds. Now, when we look at our brothers and sisters in Christ, we will see brokenness. Yes, we will see sin. Yes, but we will see Christ. Let's look for the good in those around us. Let's search for the good in those around us. Let's look out for Christ-likeness in others. And then when we spot it, when we spot something that echoes the love of Christ in the ordinary, let's contemplate it, admire it, honour it, praise it, enjoy the chance of seeing Christ's love replicated in everyday moments and let that reflection lead us to seek more and more of him. That's where Proverbs ends with us. That's where it lands us with at the end of it. We are to contemplate the Lord Jesus Christ. Contemplate his life as it's lived in his people here on earth. Let's pray. Our God in heaven, we praise you for the wonder of the Lord Jesus. We praise you that he is the perfect king to rescue us from the mess of our sin and misery. We praise you as well that he is the perfect king whose life is being replicated in his people here on earth. We praise you that's true for all who trust him. And please would you give us eyes to see, to contemplate the, the deeds of love in the lives of our brothers and sisters in Christ. To look for it, to look for the good and to honour it and to praise it and to contemplate that, that image of Christ in those around us. And as we do that, may we yearn for him and would you make us more like him every day, day by day. Amen. Good evening. May the Lord bless you.